Welcome to our Wednesday service. You pardon us, we are still having virtual service right here in the office, conducting a virtual service in the office. Uh, we still have a lot of construction and a lot of noise in the neighborhood, and so it would interfere with our virtual service, so we are still conducting this virtual service in the office. The Bible says all things work out for good. I trust this will work out for good also. Um, we were going to deal with the, the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation in our lesson. And we were going to talk about, uh, to explain the work of the church. How the church is going to be very, very active at uh, the times uh, towards the end of the seals and the sounding of the trumpets, uh, trumpet plagues, the church is going to be very active. And I thought I could say something about the necessity of the church because we have thousands and thousands of believers who are seated at home. They have left the church because of one reason or the other. And yet a time is coming when the church will be active, believers will be active. The Lord will be working wonders. The Lord will be blessing his people. He will be enlightening his people. He will be blessing his children. And many of the believers will be still outside. There are people that have left the church. They have reasons. They will tell you, I left that church because there is no love. I don't see that love. I didn't see that love in that church. Uh, everybody is for themselves. There is no love in that church. That's a bad weakness. True, in the church, the true church, there should be love. But I thought you who knows what the love of God is, you who has been taught what the love of God is and you practice the love of God, you would be the right person to help that church and show them uh, the love of God. Seeing is believing. When you who knows what the love of God is, do you stay in that church where there is no love of God? You would be a blessing to that church. Why do you leave? Stay and show the love of God to the saints in that church. Don't leave the church uh, because there is no love of God. And many believers, many thousands of children of God, sincere children of God, have left the church saying, I left that church because there is no love of God. I lost my relative, I lost uh, somebody close to me, nobody visited me, nobody came to see me. That was bad that that happened. Um, uh, it is bad that it happened, but that should not be the reason why you should leave the church. You should stay in there because as we are going to see, the church is not the kingdom. Uh, the church is not perfect. And so many of us expect the church to be perfect. Everything to do right. <clears throat> Everybody to treat you right. People say, uh, I was not treated well. I was rebuked by the pastor before the rest of the people. I felt so small, so I left that church. I left the church. Christ promised us that people would do that to us. People would not treat us well. <clears throat> but that shouldn't cause you to leave the church. Stay in the church. 
and show them the right spirit, you will be a blessing to that church. Just because they didn't, uh, somebody hurt you, somebody took advantage of you, somebody abused you, somebody did not uh, talk to, to you well, then you leave the church, you leave the body of Christ, you leave the church, uh, uh, that's not good. Uh, don't leave church. You stay there with all those mistakes, with all the, the way they treated you. Stay there. For adventure, you will be an individual that God will use and be a blessing to that church. People will see and say, Let's, you see that brother. So and so cheated them, so and so abused them, but they have stayed, they love the church, uh, they give to the church, they walk around the church, they were not offended. Uh, if somebody offended you, you left the church, come back to church. Come back to the river of life. Christ is working in the church. Don't die outside the church. Come back to church. The Lord wants you to come back to church. They, in a, at the place of work where you work, men offend you. Uh, do you mean those men are perfect where the place of work or the business that you do? Are they perfect? Don't they offend you? Don't they step on your toe? Don't they annoy you? Don't they take money and never pay back? Don't they abuse you? They do all that, but you have not left that business. You have not left that job. You are still there. Now, when it comes to the church, you say, I'm going to leave the church. I leave the church. I can't stay in the church. Uh, somebody offended me. Somebody mistreated me. Somebody cheated me. <clears throat> I'm leaving. I've left that church. Please come back. For heaven's sake, come back to the church. It's bad that that happened. I'm not encouraging that that should be done to children of God, that they should be cheated, that they should be abused, that they should be taken advantage of. We shouldn't do that. But once in a while it happens to some people. It really happens to some people. But that shouldn't cause an individual to leave the church. Even in the family where we stay, where we uh, we leave people, people at home, our brothers, our sisters, even our parents. They, they offend us. They speak words that are not appropriate to us. But we never leave home. We, we stay. We stay there. We, we, we bear that. We know this is my father. I didn't choose my father. I didn't choose my mom. Uh, I just found myself that this is my mom, that this is my father, this is my dad. And so there is no way I can go. This is the family that the Lord put me in. And so I can't leave. And we stayed. They, they spanked us. They disciplined us. Sometimes they didn't give us food. Sometimes they really did things that were not good. But we stayed. Our brothers, we fought. Uh, we stepped on one another. We quarreled. But we didn't leave that home. We stayed. That is the natural home. Now when it comes to the church, why does the enemy, why does the devil take advantage of us and a child of God does something to you and you say bye bye to the church, you say bye bye to the work of God, you say bye bye to the pastor, why do we do that? Please child of God come back to the church, come and stay in the church, come and work for the church, come and build the church because unto the church has been given the keys as we are going to stay because we have many, many, many people that have left the churches not just one church or particular church. Churches, because they were offended. They were taken advantage of. They saw no love in that church. Um, they saw a lot of sin. Say, ah, I left. There's too much sin in that church. That can't be the church of Christ. That can't be the body of Christ. It's too much sin. My God, if we open the scriptures, uh, the church is not perfect. Even if you live right, probably you'll be an encouragement to somebody. When they see your lifestyle, the way you live, they will say, I want to live like so and so. Don't leave church for any reason. The church is not the kingdom. The church is a vestibule. It's a vehicle. It's something that takes us to the kingdom. The church is not the kingdom. Don't expect the church to be perfect. 
the church is not perfect. But do you know unto the members of the church, the apostles, uh, imperfect as they were, remember Peter and the rest of the apostles, they had problems, but they were given keys. So, like here, let's look at some scriptures. Once in a while we interrupt or we digress a bit and say it is necessary, it will help us to uh, do better, <coughs> pardon me, with this knowledge. It will help us do better. In Matthew <coughs> 16, uh, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. They mistake you to be John the Baptist. Some, Elias or Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets said they gave him what people think uh, about him. <clears throat> the disciples told Jesus what other people were thinking who he was. Then in verse 15, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? What about yourself? 16 verse 16, But Simon Peter answered, and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. There is something precious in these verses these verses of scripture. Um, all the apostles could have said this, uh, that thou art, uh, this, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. All the apostles could have said that. And Jesus answered and said unto Peter, uh, thou art by John of flesh and blood. Now to know who Christ was, it took a revelation. But my father, <clears throat> he said flesh and blood, it has not been your brain, it has not been your acumen, it has not been your uh, thinking, but my father which is in heaven. Uh, one thing I would like to say here before we proceed it takes a revelation to know where the true church is. And the Lord must help you. The Lord must lead you. And the Lord must reveal to you. We have always said that the things of God cannot be understood by the brain. The things of God cannot be understood by the brain. You cannot use this brain to understand properly the things of God. You can read the word of God like you would read biology, chemistry, all these other subjects. But for you to really perceive in the heart, it takes the spirit of God helping you. It takes a revelation. That's why we said the things of God are revealed. You don't use the brain. Uh, the brain can naturally understand the Bible. You can naturally understand the Bible like you would understand biology. You would read a biology book. You can read a physics book and understand naturally. And you can read the, uh, <clears throat> you, you can read this Bible in the same way and naturally understands the things that are in the Bible. But you will have a lot of confusion. You will have a general understanding, 
but it will not be a proper understanding. For you to understand the word of God, the spirit of God must help you. You can read the scriptures, you can read the Bible, but the Lord must help you. The things of God are revealed. They are not understood by the brain. So, to find the true church, because there are so many churches, and what brings the millions or all these churches that we have in the world? Why are there, people ask, why are there many churches? You people, you preachers, you have brought confusion. Truly we admit, we bring a confusion. And the more confusion will come because every other day people are opening up churches. Why are there many churches, thousands of churches? The reason there are many churches, uh, one of the major reasons is the interpretation of the Bible. Every church dispenses its own wine. They have a certain interpretation of the scriptures. And that's why churches don't believe the same. In one way or the other, they differ. They may look alike, but when you study very well, you will find that there are the differences. So the difference is the interpretation. And unless God helps you, you cannot interpret the Bible right. You cannot use the brain to interpret the scriptures. You do not interpret them correctly. It takes help from God. It takes God helping you to interpret the scriptures. Then you will interpret them correctly. When Christ came, <clears throat> we covered this. He said, my doctrine is not mine. He said, what I'm saying is not mine. It's, it's the, I took it from the Father, the one that sent me here on earth. That's where I took uh, this doctrine. And I, I don't do anything of my own. Uh, what he had, he got it from the Father. So, for you to find the true church, the church that Jesus Christ established, it takes Christ himself, the Father, revealing to you where it is, leading you. And if you pray, if you are honest, and to pray, Lord, where are your people? Lord, where, are your tr where is the true church? Where are you working on your children? Lord, lead me. So, because of the various interpretations, that's why we have many churches. If you want to find out where the true church is, pray. Don't use the brain to judge. I know there are churches that you can use the brain and say uh, that's wrong, but it, take, it gets more technical than that. You need God to help you to find the true church. So may God help us that we will be honest and sincere and pray the Lord to lead us. So we were reading and in verse uh, 18, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And verse 19, And I will give unto thee the keys <clears throat> of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The church is not perfect. Peter was not perfect. He even denied the Lord. But right to see here, you who has left the church, you are looking for a perfect church. You say there is sin in that church. That's why I left the church. There is a lot of immorality in that church. That's why I left. Do you know? God gave, uh, Christ gave the keys to Peter. Not because he was perfect. Not because he was holy. 
But God decides to use imperfect men to help their fellow imperfect people. And so God gave to the apostles the keys. What are keys? Keys are authoritative knowledge which when properly which when understood and properly applied can open a door for you into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The keys mean it is authoritative knowledge which when understood and properly applied can open an entrance, can open a door for you into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. The church is not perfect. Anything can get into the church. Anybody can get into the church. It's like a hospital, whatever condition, whatever problem, we get into the church. When we get saved, all the sins don't disappear. They don't all go at a go. And all of a sudden, I'm holy. It takes years upon years. Uh, uh, going through problems after problems. God allowing circumstances to come your way. And God working to clean you up. You are not holy the day you get saved and therefore you are ready for <clears throat> heaven. That doesn't happen like that. You must go to the church. Paul made a statement here in the book of Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, uh, I think I need uh, from verse uh, 8. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, <clears throat> he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Uh, verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens, that he might feel all the things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give those gifts of the ministry? <clears throat> he says for the perfecting of the saints. You who is outside the church. Great things are going to happen when these seals are being opened. Uh, the church is going to be very active. That's why I digressed a bit to show you the importance of the church. I mean for the perfecting, where will you be perfected? How will you be perfected? You say, well, I sit at home, I read my Bible, I pray. You need to be an active member of the church. How do you, how, uh, how do you identify the weaknesses in your life? And how do you know you have overcome that? You say once in a while I listen to television preachers. I just pray at home. You are not being perfected. Get back to the church. Attach yourself to the church. Be a member, an active member, a participant in the church. Uh, rub shoulders with your fellow saints, with the fellow brothers and sisters. They step on your toe. You repent it to one another. There are so many things. Don't, don't, don't take offense. 
if somebody hurt you, somebody did it, something to you, God allowed that. There is nothing that happens to us, nothing that really uh, comes to us when the Lord has not <clears throat> permitted it or allowed it. So, he says, uh, for the perfecting uh, of the saints, verse 11, uh, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, why we came here is to show you that we need to be perfected. When we got saved, when we confessed Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we were not made holy at that very instant. We were not made perfect. There is a lot of work. There are so many weaknesses that we come with to church or to Christ. We come to Christ, we get saved with a lot of weaknesses. And it takes the church, it takes the children of God, it takes the pastor, it takes the elders, everybody in the church. We work together, we knock one another, we quarrel, we settle, we repent to one another. Uh, the word of God is opened and uh, we, we are shown, the word of God is a mirror, and we are shown what is wrong in us. We pray, we pray together, we work together. That's what God wants us to do. That's why he, Hebrews here, he said, not forsaking. Hebrews 10, 25. Uh, you who stays at home and uh, you say you are all right, you are doing everything okay, you don't want confusion. There was a lot of battles. People were fighting. People were abusing one another. That can't be the church. That's why I left. There were so many problems. There was confusion in the church. Confusion came in the church. Come back to church. Come back to church. Come back to church. The Lord wants you in the church. Here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25. What does the Bible say? What do you say about that? You who stays at home because there was confusion in the church, because there was sin in the church, because somebody hurt you in the church, because somebody took advantage of you, because somebody misused you. Why did you leave? That was too much because the pastor was not honest. The pastor was misusing money. The pastor was not handling things correctly. You'll be there. You could have been light to that pastor or to those believers. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some. Right there, that's where you are. Some people forsake the assembling. There is no reason you can give why you are not coming to church. Why you left the church. No good reason. He says as the manner of some is. Uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. And so much the more. As you see the day approaching. And we are talking about end time events. End time events. As we see the day approaching. You have left the church. You are seated at home. The Bible command you, commands you not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. In the church, we assemble ourselves together. We learn each other. We labor together. There is a work to be done as a corporate body. There is a lot of work to be done. And you are needed in the church. How, what will you be rewarded? You say, well, my money... Uh, when I give to the church, there is misuse of money in the church. What I do, I help some people. I help poor people. I help the elderly. That's good. That's a good act. But on top of that, 
You need to be part of the church and pay tithe in that church and give offering in that church. Because where are you taking your offerings? Where are you taking your tithe? It's not because preachers want to be rich. It's the word of God. That's the way God has ordained that his work will be run. Don't sit at home, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Let me give you some examples of what was happening in the early church. Uh, you who says, well, I left that church because of this and the other. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, um, verses 1 through 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And he are puffed up and uh, have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in the body but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he be gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, here was a church in Corinth, powerful church. The church is not perfect. The church is not the kingdom. Here was a brother <clears throat> saved. This brother had received the baptism. I mean, had he got had, had gotten saved, but he was going to bed with his father's wife. Did Paul say, "Every one of you"? I tell you, dismantle that church. Let every person find their way. Or rather, he gave instruction to discipline that brother that did such an act. He <clears throat> didn't tell them, well, now that we have seen in the church, we can't build this church anymore. There is already sin. Sin has broken out. <clears throat> Let every person find their own way. No, he didn't do that. He said, well, the mistake you have done is that you have just looked on and you are just laughing and you, you think somebody has done some great, uh, uh, some great act. You should have disciplined. You should have disciplined that person and please discipline that person. A person that does that. This was a church, a New Testament church. But there were people. There was a person going to bed with his father's wife. Paul did not tell anybody to leave that church. He didn't. He didn't give instructions for people to leave that church. As long as that was discipline. You don't judge the church by the number of problems they have. You don't say that church has so many problems I'm leaving. It's a bad church. You don't judge the church by the number of problems it has. You judge a church by the way it handles its problems. Paul is saying, say, that person should be excommunicated from the church. The person that has done such it, you see how Paul is handling the problem? And if problems are being handled according to the word of God, stay in that church. You don't judge a home, a family, by the number of problems that a family has. But you judge a family or a home by the way that family handles the problems. If when they are handling problems, they just fight. That's the wrong way of, uh, uh, of handling a problem. But if they sit down, if maybe invited a pastor or invited somebody uh, to help, 
then there is a way that that family solves. That's the right way uh, for the family to solve a problem, and it's a good family. So don't you don't judge and say you are. There are too many problems in that church. That's why I left. No. Here was a New Testament church, and there was a brother going to bed with his father's wife. But Paul had to handle that. In chapter 6, still that church in Corinth. Would you have stayed in the church in Corinth? And yet Paul didn't tell the people to leave the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. There any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life? If ye then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. He said, I speak to your shame. Is it, too, is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly fault among you, because you go to law with well, to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Why don't you agree to lose? And so here was another church, Holy Ghost Church, spiritual church, but brother, they were going to law with one another. You took my money, I'll take you to, to court. You did this, we shall settle it at the law. These were believers, but Paul never instructed, never told the saints, you leave that church. That's no church. They are going to law with one another. And you think that is the church? You think that is the church of Jesus Christ? I'm leaving that church. I'm not going to stay in that church. No. Paul rebuked. Uh, he rebuked. He said that's not the way to do things. He rebuked. He gave them instructions. He said that is not. We are going to judge angels. And can't we judge the smallest matters? Can't we really solve this? Uh, he said that is not the way to handle problems. So, Paul did not instruct people to leave that church. Then another in 1 Corinthians 11. Another incident here. 1 Corinthians 11. Verses 20-22. When you come together therefore into one place this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have you no not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What? Shall I uh, what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Here was the church, the Corinthians again. If you read the story, they were getting drunk at the Lord's table. Church, but getting drunk at the Lord's table. Terrible. That was bad. But Paul never tells, say, that can't be the church. That can't be the church. People getting drunk at the Lord's table. No, that can't be the church. Say, did he say leave? So whatever reason that has caused you to stay at home all those years, stay at home all that time, please get back to the church. 
before it is too late. Get back to church. There is no solid reason. There is no sound reason why you should stay outside of the church. Get back to the church. And so this was a spiritual church to show you here in 1 Corinthians 14. My God, baptized with the Holy Ghost, Paul had to put them right. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verses 4 through 6. He says, He that speaketh in an own tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that you, you all speak with the tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with the tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with the tongues, what shall I profit you? except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Now the church in Corinth had gone to the extreme. Everywhere when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in the tongues, everywhere they were going they were speaking in tongues. They were just babbling in tongues. You meet in the on the street, babbling tongues. Greeting, they just babbling tongues. Giving thanks at the, at the table, they were giving, just speaking in tongues. Rising up in the churches, speaking in tongues. I mean, they just enjoyed that experience. Paul had to put that in order. What I'm showing you is that these were spiritual people. They had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And yet there was a lot of sin. We have just seen a few, but there was a lot of sin in the church. But Paul did not tell them to leave the church. Instead, he was instructing them, he was correcting them, he was showing them the way how to handle problems, how to deal with every situation. You don't leave the church just because uh, there is sin, just because you were taken advantage of. And you could be a person that really has a problem also where you don't forgive. Can I show you uh, the scripture says so and so hurt me and I left the church. The pastor hurt me, I left the church. Uh, I'm no longer uh, part of them. I left the church. They, they did this to me. They, they did it, uh, the other to me. Can you turn to Matthew 18? Matthew 18 and verses 23 uh, through 35. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which he would take account of his servants. When he had, be, he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and the children, my, and all that he had, and the payment to be made. So just sell him his wife and even the children, so that payment is made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. And I will pay thee all. Hope, have patience. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, see that, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that, that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, besought him, saying, 
have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, he went, and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And he came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest thou, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your own hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. You see this narrative? A man, a servant was forgiven, a lot of money that he owed his master, and he was forgiven. He went, also somebody owed him money, but he got him by the throat. Said, you must pay me, pay me. Throw him uh, in prison. Say, you must pay all. And this came to his boss. And when his boss heard, he said, I forgave you, and you couldn't forgive. Why have I given this narrative? This is because you left the church because the pastor hurt you. You left the church because a child of God misused you, took advantage of you. A child of God cheated you, and you are not willing to forgive. Some even go to the extent that I will forgive him in heaven. I will forgive that brother when I reach heaven, but not here on earth. But I will forgive him in heaven. Surely, will you reach there? Will you go in heaven? Really, with that spirit, unforgiving spirit, will you reach heaven? So, forgiving, you do yourself a favor. You set yourself free. You set your heart free if you forgive. If somebody hurt you in whatever church you come from, or whatever church that you were part of, forgive, 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 and get back. If you don't forgive, then your heavenly father, you say you are a child of God, you are a child of the king, you are going to be in the kingdom of God, then your heavenly father will also not forgive you. You will be excluded from the kingdom of God. Why do you stay outside? There are problems in the church. There will always be sin in the church. But that is still the place that God is working. That is still the place that God is going to work. The church is better than the world. Don't stay outside the church and say, well, I can't be in that church. I was mistreated badly. There is a work to be done in Mark In Mark 16, 15, there is a work to be done. Verse 15, let me show you. How are you doing that work? And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with the new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth doing what? And they preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming 
the word with the signs and following. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are told to go and preach the gospel. You are seated at home. You are not a participant to any church. Do you talk to people when you talk to them about Christ? <clears throat> where do you direct them? Where do you lead them? Do you just say, get saved and stay at home? What do you tell those people? I plead with you, get back to church. Get back to church. Don't die in your own house. Don't die in your own home. Get back to church. The Lord, as we close, as the church age, uh, the church age closes, the Lord is going to work a lot in the church. Like we are going to continue with this lesson. The Lord is going to do a lot in the church. It's going to be uh, a lot of activity in the church. So we would like to proceed with our lesson. I wanted to show our brothers and sisters that are seated at home, not, going, not attending any church. They just, God did not intend that we be pastored by television preachers. How many pastors do you have? Every person is your pastor. Every television preacher is your pastor. Uh, you should have a pastor. You should have somebody taking care of you, spiritually speaking. Don't stay at home. Get back to the church. The Lord is going to work a lot in the church. So, don't stay at home. Revelation, let's continue. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. <clears throat> and uh, we were going to, we had read verses 3 through 6. Uh, the book of Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 through 6. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and the three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in the same manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven and it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as, of, as often as they will. My God, the Lord is going to give power unto the church, unto the two witnesses. And um, who are these two witnesses? People uh, have various versions when it comes to the two witnesses. Like I said, that uh, the reason we have many churches is because of the interpretations, the various interpretations. May people have various interpretations of who these two witnesses are. Who are these two witnesses? Some people say that they are Enoch and Elijah. According to their interpretation, their understanding, they say they are Enoch and Elijah. This is not true. These two witnesses are eventually to be slain and lie dead in the street for three and a half years if that is found 
in Revelation 11 and verse 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and and a half and shall not suffer their dead their dead bodies to be put in graves. So these two witnesses are eventually slain and lie dead in the street for three and a half years as we have read. God wouldn't raise Enoch and Elijah, raise Enoch and Elijah from the dead only to see them killed again. Is that uh, logical? God to raise Enoch and Elijah only to see them killed again? Would God do that? The scripture says it is appointed unto man once to die. And that is Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. It is appointed unto man. Um, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, appointed unto man once to die, and after that, judgment. The scripture tells us that these two witnesses are the two olive trees. This is where we go slowly so that we can understand the facts from the scriptures. The, the scripture tells us that these two witnesses are two olive trees and two candlesticks. Two olive trees and two candlesticks. And we go back to Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Right there. The scripture tells us that these are two witnesses and two olive trees. Uh, I mean, it tells us that these two witnesses are the two olive trees and two candlesticks. This refers back to Zechariah's prophecy. That was a prophecy that Zechariah gave. Uh, Zechariah saw two olive trees emptying oil into a golden candlestick. He saw two olive trees emptying oil into a golden candlestick. Let's get back to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah 4. There is a prophecy that Zechariah gave. Zechariah 4 and uh, verses 2 and 3. He said, uh, and said unto me, uh, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked and, because, and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bow upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. Right there. And in verse 3, and the two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bow and the other upon the left side thereof. So Zechariah saw two olive trees emptying oil into a golden candle stick. 
When Zechariah asked about these two olive trees and the candlestick, he was told something, and that will be covered in our next service. Today we have mostly shown the importance of the church, never to leave the church. The Lord is going to use the church. A lot of things are going to happen in the church at the end of time. Since we are covering that, we must show you nobody should be outside the church. The church is going to be the safest place for one to stay. Don't be outside on the church. As we are going to continue, you are going to see how the church will be a safe place. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you. Amen.